Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast. Great to be with you always here, as always, with creative director of Celtic Way, Scott Jenkins. And happy, we're still in January, so happy New Year, Scott. How is the 2023, how's, it, how's the start been for you? It's been really good. Uh, everything from the weather, you know, uh, last year they said, oh, the drought continues. There's not going to be any snow. It's This so far is going to be in the top 20 snowiest months ever in Colorado. And we had a good snow for December. I'm always interested about moisture and the drought and everything, you know, so I'm, I'm happy about that. It's been a bear driving around here, though, because it hasn't warmed up. And so, I mean, you know how it is. So the ice forms, the snow comes on top of it. It stays cold and good luck. <laughs> Just drive the best you can, you know. So, yeah, but I'm we're happy. We're doing good. Chris is doing good. Chris is going to retire February 4th, and we're looking forward to that. So that, that's good wonderful. season. Yeah, well, I love... Ever since I met you, it makes me love the new year a little bit more because you approach it in a very different way. And so yeah. this is maybe the first year ever that I've kind of taken on the ideas that that you've helped instill in me about the ideas of really connecting with nature, but and but connecting that also in a spiritual sense. And yeah. so we have like this this new year, all the New Year's revolutions and resolutions and everybody trying to their new diets and their new exercise. Oh yeah. Not that yeah. that's bad. But no. you know, Susie and I were talking, you know, Christmas can be such a busy time for families mm -hmm. and for people. And then we're expected to just turn around and run so fast into the new year. But the one thing that I've been focusing a lot of a lot on is just being much more reflective and yeah. much slower moving into the new year. And so I think that is one of the greatest treasures and beautiful things that Celtic spirituality offers is just staying in step with the seasons, which I know we've talked a lot about, but I'm oh, yeah. you're in that same reflective space right now. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, I don't know about you, but internally I feel a little more connected to God in the world around me when the pace of my life is mirroring the pace of what nature is doing or not doing out there, you know? So yeah, it, and that makes sense. Even within the context of what you said about driving in the snow, you know, we both live in snowy climates, and so, right, you know, if yeah, you don't if you don't keep with the pace, it'll cause you all sorts of trouble. Yeah, around you'll be bumping into people, and so yeah, I agree. Though it's it just makes sense. Like everything is working together and makes sense. And Susie mentioned this, which I think will kind of transition really well into what we're going to talk about. When I when we were talking about this right at the beginning of January, Susie, my wife, she just she said, you know what slowing down in the winter allows me to do? It allows me to connect with the human beings that I care a lot about in a much more meaningful yeah. way because there's more space and time for it if we don't run too fast, that is. Oh, yeah. And so then, the, the you know, talk about staying in the present moment and just being present. I mean, truly present for the people you come across every day. 
such a rich experience, you know, it's just so, add some depth and breadth to your relationships, and I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love this Celtic stuff. It's good well, stuff. And if we think about, you know, again, Celtic spirituality, and we back ourselves up a century or so, when mm. we got to the winter season, that actually meant less work because there was less being out in the fields, less, you know, yeah. gathering, just you didn't have the ability to work as much, you know, when the, when the, it got dark earlier, that's obviously a piece of it as well. And so my understanding is that there was just actually more time to be together as family, as friends, as community there as well, and focus on kind of the companions along the journey, as opposed to the work along the journey. Yeah. 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 I guess the, you know, the internet can intrude, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so, yeah. So people ask me, would you do this class? Would you do that class? I just drew a line. Nope. Two classes. That's it. That's, you know, but now we have Frank Mills. So he's doing two classes and people will love him. And that's great. So, yeah. So if you haven't jumped on with any of the classes that Celtic way has going on, make sure you hop on the website and see what's available. We talked about them in previous podcasts, but just jump on board. You don't want to, you don't want to miss those. Those are going to be pretty special, especially now with Frank jumping on board. So yeah, Frank's a scholar. I love him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're headed. It's I really want to raise the question today about learning, but it's not just academic learning or learning, you know, just in our head. But how do we engage life and how do we what is it that produces growth and how do we engage God in ways? And um, and I, I was thinking about teachers that I had in my life who really made a difference and. I think I was going to ask you, you, can you think of a teacher in your life who has profound impact on you? Somebody who really made it I think, you know, there's a couple for me. I mean, obviously, there's maybe more than a couple. In a spiritual sense, you know, my earliest spiritual teacher was a little five-foot-nothing Irish Catholic priest that I just loved, and he was really special. And I went to Catholic school, as you know, so you know, he was my religion teacher. And, and I really look, unlike most kids that grew up Catholic, like I really looked up to him and in so many ways wanted to be like him. And so he was really special. And then when I got older up into my high school years, I actually had a public speaking teacher. She's my English teacher, but I had to take a public speaking class, which is what I do for a big part of my career right now. And she was the first person that hinted to me that maybe I was any good at that. And so she took some extra time with me. Um, and that was the, that conversation or those conversations were really vital. Um, and then, uh, you know, music is a big part of my life. And so yeah. my, same thing, my, I grew up being a drummer and my high school band director happened to be a drummer as well. And so we would spend so <laughs> much time together, um, learning from one another and just, you know, exploring that part of life as well. So I think I had a few different people in specific areas. So father Pat was my, my spiritual guy, you know, miss, uh, Mrs. Grabowski, her name was, she was my, (laughs) my my speaking gal. And then Mr. Barron's, his name was, was my music guy. So Really How about you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know when I'm thinking about this. I went all the way back to my second grade teacher, Miss Lofton. And uh, it was a critical time in my life. I was in the hospital with a bad kidney disease for several months. And um, 
she would come and visit me. She had all the kids in the class draw pictures and write letters and send them to me, you know, and she was just kind of like present and just very loving, uh, very soft-spoken, very gentle woman. And she made such an uh, impression on me that even in high school, a friend of mine and I would go to her room at the grade school before, like the couple of days before class started, and we cleaned the whole room. I mean, the floor, the black, back then we had blackboards. I don't know if you know what those are, chalkboards. Oh, I have you know blackboards, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she would come in and we'd tap flowers on her desk and everything. And she just couldn't get over it because I don't know why you're doing this. Well, mm-hmm. we learned a lot from you, more than just how to read and do math. Just how to treat people and be present, you know. It's a great lady. I just really, really am blessed to have her. And I, I, as you talk about nature, we talk about people that are influential on us. I talk about engagement and reflection. And I just realized something that I, because this is the beginning. This podcast is a beginning of a of a string of pearls. Um, that will come together. I call it the many companions placed upon our journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm using companions, both, I mean, real, like Miss Lofton and the priest for you and the teacher, um, but I'm using it also in terms of a metaphorical way. Probably when you had the gathering at your house, you know, you talked about the winter season, maybe as a companion, as somebody who's there to be present to us and give us a message. And when I was growing up, that was such a, it was such a foreign thing for me. It's just like in the Germanic Lutheran church that I grew up, you, you didn't trust, you know, I mean, you, you don't have experiences, like you can't trust that. And as, as time, time went on and I got older and of course I went to the living school with Richard Rohr and James Finley and Cynthia Bourgeau, all that was just profound, another profound influence on my life. But even more than that, um, when I was learning to become a spiritual director, it's just such a gift and such a, such a constant continuous teaching presence is our own lived experiences, you know? So, and the reflection that goes on with that has really re-energized my life. I, I read through the saints in the Celtic tradition, you know, and their lived experiences uh, with God were formative for them and was definitely a big part of shining the light of their Christian movement to people who had never heard the gospel and all of that before. And even down to down to this today, uh, at nine o'clock Monday through Friday, our staff uh, meets for prayer. And um, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday we do the welcoming prayer and then the be still prayer. Tuesday morning we have staff. We're praying together in person. But Friday we've introduced the prayer of examine, and we kind of have our own take on it. But it really does, uh, it really stops us, you know, at the end of the work week and it asks us to reflect on what did we experience? What is our lived experience as, the, as this wonderful connection with God, this doorway where we can stop and, and literally see and hear and feel the movement of the Spirit in our lives? Right. And so we literally take uh, just a journey down the hallway of the week 
and think about what happened. Who did we meet? Uh, what were we? What were we blessed with? What really like? Here's a graceful moment. Here, here's something that really touched and changed. And then on the screen, of course, we go around and people who want to, they share their lived experiences and what they received from them. And we have just started doing this little exam and thing, but boy, when I meet with people during the week down there at Joshua Station or Justice and Mercy Legal Aid Center, this is catching on. People are getting this. They're like, Father Scott, I never thought I would be like journaling, like consistently, but the examine's coming up and I love it. And I realize the more that I do with my own life, I can just, I don't have to ask, where is God? Oh man, God's in every person I meet, in every situation I'm involved in. Uh, and it's been transformative. People are excited about their faith again. You know, they're like, wow. This is cool. And even, I can't believe it, but one of the guys who used to be a pastor uh, and who's now a lawyer said to me, this kind of stuff, and I thought I really knew the Bible. You know, he went to a Baptist uh, church. He was a Baptist pastor and I think went to Dallas. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dallas Theological mm -hmm. Seminary. But he said, it's really opening the scriptures for me because I see these, these people, this is a words on a page. This is their lived experience. And they're sharing it with me through these pages, just like in the journals I'm writing and I'm sharing. So it's been a very, very rich time. Yeah, I think when you <laughs> when you take that mindset that you're talking about, you know, because we talked about formal instructors, you know, teachers, right. things like which is wonderful, and we need those people in our lives. But there's something that comes to life when you allow any person that you meet any given day to be a teacher in your life. And, and I mean that very, you know, maybe in a different way than a formal teacher, but you'll learn from an engagement with somebody, you know, and, oh. you know we've talked about this with both of us have worked with difficult populations or people yeah. in poverty. You can learn so much in those situations. You can learn so much from a conversation in the grocery store or, you know, both of us have been married for a while yeah. and learn an incredible amount from our spouses <laughs> or our kids, you know. Right. Yeah, I uh, we have a a job vacancy at Joshua Station, our transitional housing place. So the front desk is when people walk into the building. That's the person they meet right away. So all the residents come, people who want to be residents come, and people might just all be off the street and come in and say, what is this place, you know? But one of the women who is working the front desk a lot these days that I'm just now getting to know, her name is Alicia. And she is such a caring and giving person and, and brilliant. I mean, she really knows her stuff. She also works for Denver Public Schools. And uh, she's on top of her game, let me tell you. And I asked her, so why why do you do this front desk? I mean, you have a full-time full, full -time job. You have full life. She says, because it energizes to me. The conversations that I have with anybody and everybody who walks in here, I'm just looking for God to show up in the words and the listening that we do. And I was like, wow. And she began to tell me the story about what's going on in her life yesterday. And um, we had some time together uninterrupted, and she shared with me that she has really bad cancer in her throat, and she has had it for several months now. And I, I just stopped me in my tracks, you know, and here she is 
giving of herself, listening to people, caring for others. Such a, a powerful witness, you know. And you wouldn't know any of that information had you not taken the time and space to have the conversation that she was then willing to open up to you in wonderful ways. But, you know, uh, it's I think that's something we always have to keep in mind as well as we go through our day, because we can be really selfish. But as we go through our day, everybody that we pass has a story, has something they're going through, good or bad, probably both. And... It's so important that that's in the back of our mind as we move through this life, because otherwise we're going to respond inappropriately to, you know, various situations. And it's, right. it's vital to know that you could, you know, the person at the grocery store might be dealing with a, a loved one who's sick or, you know, so it it's just it. And I think about Jesus in that respect. You know, he never seemed to take that for granted. And not only is it vital for our life, it's so life-giving. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like where everything meets the road. And this is why I wanted to begin with, like, this whole series, a long series that we're doing of the many companions placed on our journey. And I shared with you some really rich and good stuff, and you shared with us some really rich and good stuff. Here's another aspect of this, too, because the examine will bring this up. But several weeks ago, somebody I really think highly of who runs her own uh, nonprofit uh, group asked me if I would speak to her group, you know, 15, 20 people. And there was this little twinge inside of me that was like, yeah, you'd like to do it, but you shouldn't. This is not your. This is not in your wheelhouse. But my ego stepped forward and said, "Yeah, be happy to do this." You know, and um, she was happy, and and I was nervous in a way that I'm usually not. And so we had it all planned out. We're going to meet downtown, and I had to set up with candles at night to, to do reflection because we were talking about a lot of mirroring work, a lot of reflection, right? And um, the snowstorm came, and no, we have to do it on Zoom, which completely changed everything, as you know, and it did not go well. Mm. Now, usually, I just beat myself up about that. I get very little out of it, except feeling like crap, you know. But this time, this whole stream of consciousness in what I call a mistake, a failure, something I shouldn't have done, a whole bunch of stuff came up that was really healing and, and learning and formative for me. And I just thought, I will learn to recognize this and pay attention because I don't need to say yes to everything that comes along to feed my ego, make me feel good about myself. And when I had that experience of recognition, of reflection, I actually felt good. Mm. I was like, yeah, there's reality. And that's, that's our mistakes and our failures. Oh, and by the way, I have a few that are even bigger than the one I just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> when when you were using that as your example of failure, I was thinking right. in my mind, "Oh boy, if that's your if that's your story yeah. of failure, no. you're doing pretty good." But you're right. You know, we think about companions, and we often think about people. But also, yeah. I mean, I I know in my life, and I know you've shared from your life that failure, struggle, can be some of the greatest companions that we have because 
there's just so much to learn in those in those spaces. Oh, and such a friend they are, such a if companion. If we just let them, you know. I was just uh, preparing a talk on on uh, we you know the Pharisee and the tax collector are, are going to the temple, and the Pharisee's like, "I got this. I tithe. I pray. I blah blah blah. Do all this stuff." You know, I think about. When I took my daughter to the Chinese restaurant and I had these two little teacups, one was full of water, one was empty. I said, which one do you want to be? And she goes, I, I am this one. I'm full. And I'm like, okay, well, so was the Pharisee. You know, we just, it was a nice object lesson to do with her. And um, But the tax collector knew that he was empty. He knew he, who he was, you know, and he just was like transparent, vulnerable, honest, open, and just by doing that, you just leave room to receive a gift and recognize you haven't done a darn thing to earn it. You couldn't. It is a gift. And we just have to acknowledge our, our emptiness, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah, the word that comes to mind when you talk about all of that is a space of, of vulnerability, which is something I think many, if not all of us have some fear surrounding, you know, but it's so true. We avoid failure, like the plague. None of us want to fail, right? but when we do fail, it's such a beautiful space to be in. If we allow ourselves the vulnerability to learn and accept what happened or accept what we've gone through. And we'll succeed and fail every day in one way, shape, or form. And, yep. and then it's allowing God, it's allowing the Spirit to to speak through those spaces and those places in our life. <laughs> yeah. And why not? It's all, right? It's success. It's failure. It's, you know, a flatlining day. It's like a snowstorm and you're in the house. And yeah, everything. I thought it was the best place to begin this long line of the many companions placed upon our journey because that's so many years i missed it in my life i thought it had to come from a book and it did and i thought it could had to come through a, a teacher who was trained and it did but it's just been such a revelation and such a gift to realize that god's still writing sacred literature on the pages of our own lives our, our stories are so powerful, you know, and, and like, mm -hmm. like we talk, all of our stories bumping into one another is where beautiful, you know, spiritual life explodes, you know, right. and, and it's a beautiful thing if we allow it to be. But so often, and this is like that social media part of our world, you know, so often we try to pretend <laughs> that, that we're not failing at things or that everything's just fine and dandy. When that's not our whole story and if we try to portray this story that we've got it way more together than we do then we're not allowing actually all of ourselves to be present in the story that god's trying to create through us and again that's that vulnerability piece that's the failure piece all of that we have to you know in order for us to be healthy spiritually and offer as much as we have in this world we have to give all of ourselves which is the good and the bad and how it is. it is is what makes the story complete yeah God's heart is totally open to us. I believe that. And all he's asking for us is for our heart to be open to him. Whoops. That I, I think all God's asking of us is for our heart to be open to God. Yeah. So 
Good stuff. Since we're talking about lived experience and how it comes to us on the pages of our own lives, it comes to us as a story. Our next episode is going to continue the theme, of course, the many companions placed on our journey of lived experience to your new book. <laughs> Sounds because, Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. The whole point of that book is helping people to connect to their story. Yeah. Yep. And seeing it as spiritual and beautiful and meaningful. And again, the good and the bad. And funny at times. Yeah. Hilariously <laughs> funny. So yeah, no, it's so good. We'll Every it. time I, I drive by a wired fence with those prickly things on top, I always think of you. And and all you listeners will have to figure that out next time when Matt shares his lived experience through his book. So sounds great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And as we continue to journey through this winter season of the year may we be focused on the many companions that god places in our path along the way whether that's through formal teachers conversations on any given week or even our failures in life let's allow it all to speak to us and allow god to use every little bit of it amen you can find Celtic Way on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado. You can also find us on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. And of course, our website is www.celticway.org. Be sure to consider becoming a sustaining member to assure that the Celtic Way education and spirit continues on. <laughs>